Welcome to the 10 for 10. Alexander! Huh? How are you? Oh, no, 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 don't even, don't even. I want you to lead. I want you to lead by telling me how awesome Louder Milk is and go. Oh, um, I was very surprised by the season one finale. I really bummed um, me out. I mean, that actually tracks if, <laughs> if you didn't make that up. Yeah, because the thing happens. No spoilers, right? Oh, guys, you walk in the line perfectly. Like, this <laughs> I'm not, I'm not helping you out on this one. I want to see how far this goes. Okay. Um, what city were they in? Oh, man. Well, they were in more than one. Technically, he's still right. Mm hmm. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Okay. You know, Alex, I, you're breaking my heart here. I, I have been passionate about this. I have watched your Lord of the Harry Potter Star War ring thing. And like you, just the one show you can't reciprocate. I'm telling you, what? it's good TV. I, I'm telling the truth. I watched it at the end of the season. Did you Sasso betrayed his boy. He's. You watched it. Yeah, I watched the first season. What do you I think? Answered. Did I not answer all your questions correctly? You did, but they're so vague. But yeah, no, no, you're there. Okay, but I want to say more because I know Derek's at least started the process and a few of our listeners actually do listen and watch the show off my recommendation. So we'll leave it there, but just give me an overall. What's your, what's your opinion of season one? It's really good, but like, cause like I love him as a character, but like there's on the occasion, like when he just like, cause like a lot of the cold opens are him just going off on randos. Yeah. I'm like, man, this guy sucks. <laughs> but overall though, still a really good show. Awesome, awesome. Thank you have made my day. You might just now be number one in the power Jenkins. <laughs> nice. Awesome. I'm sorry, I'll open it up by Lucas. Derek, how y'all doing today? I I'm doing well. I'm worried about Lucas, but I'm fine. No, I've I've nothing to add for the rest of the season. I obviously don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well we'll get to that later though. We will. Yeah, yeah. Can I just very quickly just profess uh, my love for Devontae Adams? Uh, there is no fantasy player who has brought me more joy than Devontae Adams. Uh, and I, I feel bad that even for a minute I doubted whether he was the right keeper. But uh, it, it's his world and we're all just witnesses. It's just more impressive considering the dumpster fire of a team he's on. His money's guaranteed. He could just take a lap and be like, oh, my ankle hurts. Exactly. All right, we'll try this again. Here we go. All right. So number one, uh, Bryce Young missed uh, week three with an ankle injury. Steven, he's smaller than you. He's five foot ten, 195 pounds. And size concerns popped up everywhere for him after the, being drafted number one. Is there cause for concern in Carolina? You know, Lucas, it was really helpful to have that conversation with you on our show after week one. And I repeated it last week, and I'll repeat it again. Like, we were talking about 
rookie quarterbacks and you were kind of like, well, you got to slow your roll. They're rookies. They're not going to be awesome. And I was like, that's legit. I'm not. Yeah. But in you, that's legitimately true. And have we seen at least the glimmer of a thing to give us some promise? And I don't feel, I feel like I've seen a little bit of that with CJ Stroud that I didn't think I was going to see, but I have not seen it with this guy. And now the, now the Achilles heel, not trying to go for a pun here is coming into play. I, I view it as a cause for concern. He's he's getting hit pretty good. I don't see how this is going to get better for him. Alex. Um, you know, he's just learning how to take some hits, you know. He's young. He'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, he'll be fine if he adds another, like, 40 pounds. Like, I don't care if it's fat or muscle, but. The Crisco sandwich. Yeah, dude, go get, go get Kronk, man. They probably got him in the weight room. You know, you hope I mean, so. I mean, Goff is like super tiny, and he's fine. Here, look at that dude's arms. He's like Goff. nine arms. I, Bryce Young is like half the size of Jared Goff. I mean, Kyler Murray's done pretty well. Again, yeah, okay, Bryce Young. I suppose he's like the thinnest dude at quarterback I've seen in a long time. But I don't know. It's still early, but I mean, it's fair to be like worried about it. But I mean, like you said, like he can maybe put on some muscle. He'll probably just help him in the future. So. Derek? Uh, Alex loves his quarterbacks with the exception of Aaron Rodgers, as we learned last week. But uh, I'd agree. Stroud looks promising. Richards <laughs> looked promising. Richard sent to me before the uh, uh, concussion. But uh, the size of the concern, if you have that deficiency, I think you've got to be good in a lot of other areas, and we just haven't seen it. So it's too early to classify him as a bust, but definitely cause for concern. Yeah. I. Somebody needs to teach Richardson how to slide, and and he'll be fine. Um, so number two, uh, after losing a heartbreaker in overtime in week two, in part due to a pick six from previously mentioned Jared Goffacles, the Lions could not get off the Schneid in week three and ended up losing to the Falcons. Oh wait, that's not what happened, was it, Steve? They manhandled a 2-0 and Falcons team, dominated defensively. When can you say that about the Lions? And easily won a game that they should have won. So, Steve, are you, are you back on the bandwagon? There's, there's room for more. No. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't say this often. Well, maybe I do, but I don't understand you sometimes. <laughs> How can you, time and normally it's founded. How can you fall off so quickly after one game but not get back on so quickly? You know, it's like it's like when your girlfriend has the affair with the ninth guy. At some point it just clicks, this is who she is. <laughs> there I, here, here's here, real quick. I, there have been two tracks in my mind. There are two things I'm genuinely, as a, as a football fan, as a fantasy football manager, been trying to recalibrate to. And I talked about the one is the small wide receivers, and apparently they're becoming more than gadget players, but how far do I push the pendulum? The other is the Lions, like, and I'm going to get to the connector in a minute. Like, yeah, they're 2-1. and one. That's good. Like, if they're not going to be a 9-8 and eight team, they're either likely going to be 2-1 and one or 1-2 one and two after three games. So I don't know the thing that is going to make me – be like, okay, this is a thing. Or if it's going to be just a gradual, like, okay, I'm seeing bits and pieces of the thing to make me, make me feel uh, like we got some potential here. But I don't, I can't tell you. There's something about that loss that was just like, nope. 
Prove it to me over more than a game. So, so you're saying there's nothing they can do Thursday night uh, against the Packers that would that would move the pendulum in the positive direction? They could they could absolutely move the pendulum, but to the point that I'm back on the bandwagon, I would doubt that. Okay, Alex, help us out. They're going all the way this year, Lucas. Let me tell you what, there's not enough hype. I've been drinking this Kool-Aid since day one. They lost last week, and I was like, I'm still drinking the Kool-Aid. And let me tell you, Stephen, when your girlfriend, after, you know, they, they cheat on you ten times, that eleventh time when they don't, it's gold, Stephen. It's gold. They're great. They or it's the media. Sure. <laughs> Derek, <laughs> add some sense to this conversation. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't have the investment and the emotional wounds to uh, have too much of a say here. So I'm just kind of curious how it it plays out. I, I was impressed that they shut down the Falcons' running attack. Um, that that to kind of raised an eyebrow for me because I thought game one the win against the Chiefs was a little fluky because I thought maybe Tony was on the on the payroll for the Lions. Um, but uh, I think yeah, Thursday's going to be a big test. I'm I'm uh, I'm actually really intrigued by uh, the Thursday night game. Thank you for not saying that that uh, that win against Kansas City had an asterisk on it. Uh, <laughs> that's all I gotta say. Uh, number three, uh, here's a here's a head scratcher. So Josh McDaniels, head coach of the Raiders, uh, decides. Hey, it's fourth and four. Uh, I'm, I'm inside the 10 yard line. Uh, there's two minutes and 13 seconds left on the clock and I'm down by eight points. Uh, let's go for a field goal. So instead of trying for the touchdown and then having a chance at the two point conversion to get the tie, he decides, no, I want to go for the win now so we can get the ball back later and score it touchdown and not have to go for two i i don't understand it uh in his defense though he's quoted as saying you're gonna need another possession anyway the math doesn't add up to me there with that quote so bolt strategy cotton or is this the reason he went 12 years between coaching jobs derek (laughs) wasn't mcdaniels the coordinator when the falcons had a huge comeback in the super bowl to beat the Falcons, yeah, to beat the Falcons, and they had two touchdowns, two two-point conversions. Like I know it's not the Patriots roster, but I, I thought it was a pretty weak move. It, there just wasn't enough time. If it was six or seven minutes, but when you're talking like a team only needs you know one or two first downs, that's a whole nother issue. You got you got to put put some uh, show some confidence in your offense, your ability to score and get. Two point conversion. It's like, oh, if we, if we score, we still gotta get a two point conversion. I guess, he, I guess he showed some confidence in his defense, but I, I thought it was a very weak strategy. Alex, so I was like surprised by this because like most of the time, like I think like at, like you know like football announcer guys, like they always have to be like you know sign contracts where they like can't be mean. I have never been seeing so many people be mean to a guy on national TV. In football, it was so bad. They were like, this was stupid, like over and over and over and over again. I don't know what, I don't know why he did it, but, you know, he won. So. Steve, 
Steve, I've, I've, well, they didn't win. Uh, they did end up losing by five points. So no, they didn't get. You're talking about the Raiders oh, game, right? No, no, the Raiders played the Steelers. Dang it. I'm thinking the coach of the Chargers that messed up. Oh, yeah, no, this, this was Raiders Steelers, uh, this past week. Yeah, okay, in, don't, don't listen to me. In 2023, in the I, month of I, September. I turned, I turned that game off halfway through because, uh, there was a certain, someone on that team that was just disappointing me. Yeah, well, uh, there's a, a few of them for me. Um, Steve, what's worse, this decision by McDaniels or winning the coin toss in overtime and, and taking the wind? Wow, that's that is a that is a topic for the show. Worst coaches ever. I think that might be our our one two matchup in the finals. Derek was really articulate. I can't add a whole lot to that. I think the only thing I would add is just like I, for no other reason I don't get it because like Derek talked about with Devonte Adams, like you just throw a pass. Like his chances of going to get it are just no matter what they do to you, throw it up to him. It's like Megatron. But anyways. Bad decision, bad coach. I can't imagine he's coaching the team past the year unless the Raiders can't afford a new coach. But they got that Tom Brady money coming in, so they should be fine. <laughs> um, so, uh, Mike Williams goes down for the year with an ACL injury. Uh, he did not have the common courtesy to do it earlier in the game before he scored all those points on me. Uh, but does this, more importantly, uh, Derek, does this dampen the outlook for Justin Herbert for the rest of the season? I think it's uh it's death, taxes, and a Mike Williams injury <laughs> we can count on in this world. Yep. Um it it is uh it is a little discouraging because one of the things I was excited about is like, all right, they got the receiving core back. And I think the fact that uh the rookie Quentin Johnson, I think he is uh I think he looks like the worst uh first round wide receiver that was taken. So the fact that he is struggling I think Palmer is a pretty solid receiver, but now it's, you know, and Everett, I guess, is a decent tight end, but it's it's pretty much just going to be a, an Allen show uh, with the receiver core. So I'm, I'm worried. I, th- I think, you know, Herbert is still going to get his yards and everything, but uh, I, I think uh, I know he's not going to average like 53 points or uh, everything. So I, I do expect a little drop off. Steve? Um. Marginal. I don't. I haven't seen much of Quentin Johnson live, so I'm going to trust Derek's opinion of him. But I think of Herbert in the vein that I think of Mahomes. In in theory, like Kelsey's great, but what else is there? Keenan Allen's great, but what else is there? But Mahomes finds a way to make it work. And I just also with Austin Eckler coming back, I'd assume soon. Uh, minimal, minimal damage. I'm not too concerned. Alex, I'm not too concerned. I. Injuries have been happening on, like, every team, uh, and I've come the same way on Justin Herbert. I think he's a pretty solid dude, and I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I think Justin Herbert has uh, more to worry about uh, getting touchdown passes taken away from him by Keenan Allen than, than he does for a drop-off. Right? <laughs> that, was hurt. that was hilarious. <laughs> Not for everybody in this room. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number five. Uh, so, Mr. Mr. Belichick, the the guy who uh, does not like to comment on anything in news conferences, actually had a very important thing to say about a very hot topic of Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift rumors. 
which, yes, everybody's having a field day about this. Surprise, surprise. So Bill Belichick says, uh, comments on the rumors saying, well, I would say that Travis Kelsey had a lot of big catches in his career. This would be the biggest. So Alex, are, are you more surprised at this newest power couple or the fact that Bill commented on it? And more importantly, are you, are you happy for Mr. and Mrs. Kelsey? So I've been trying to get the beats on how these two met. Apparently Travis Kelsey was just like a real thirsty dude trying to get to a Taylor Swift concert. And he was trying to like slip her like a bracelet or whatever with his phone number on it. And then he was all like, I saw you in Kansas City Stadium. How come you come see me? I don't even know if they're dating. You know what I mean? They need to put a label on it. Let me tell you what. I was, you know, maybe she was just there as a friend, you know, just getting to know each other. But that's a terrible first date to say, hey, come watch your football game. You know what I mean? Yeah, and hang out with my mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, I don't know, is Taylor Swift a Kansas City fan now? I don't know. Steve. Going with this? Oh, Bill Belichick. I yeah, Bill. Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, would would you invite a, a girl to hang out with your mom on a first date? Love you, mom. I don't get the Taylor Swift appeal. That one is over my head. But Bill Belichick is legend. Just, I love that guy. He talks about the history of the long snapper, <laughs> and he throws out his finger like this. He'd be the coolest grandpa ever. <laughs> Derek. Yeah, I think behind um, Belichick's steely demeanor is uh, it's a lot of quick wit. He, I think he, uh, it's not his first go around with making some witty comments. He's he's pretty subtle and dry, and it, it kind of makes me feel like maybe he's just he he's doing a bit all the time in his press conferences. So just so he can like lead up to the moment of you know on to Cincinnati. Or, or <laughs> these great one-liners, like it's maybe the Andy Kaufman material type thing he's been doing for a long time. Impressive. I, I think my favorite uh, Bill Belichick moment was uh, during the draft uh, during COVID when they had the shot of his kitchen table and him sitting at it, and they went back and like he wasn't there, like he got up to make a sandwich or something, and like his cat was there drafting for him or something. I remember that. I think that was my favorite, but that, that's that's vintage Bill right there. Um, so uh, currently we have a, a number one wide receiver of Tyreek Hill uh, in fantasy football. Not too much of a surprise, um, but. Would you have drafted him over Jefferson this year? Um, do you think he finishes number one? Uh, he currently has quite a quite a good stat line: twenty five catches, four hundred twelve yards, four touchdowns, and is averaging sixteen and a half yards per catch. Um, knowing this for the th- first three weeks, um, are you surprised he's doing better than Jefferson, Steve? I think for me, and I, and I don't know that I have the answer, and I know it's my question, so I should probably have the answer, but I think it's a different thing. Like, I think Justin Jefferson is probably the better receiver who puts up more points at the end of the year when this is said and done. But the the thing that Tyreek Hill has that would be appealing to make me wonder about drafting him first overall is he doesn't really have, like, craptacular games, like two catches, 21 yards. So his floor is relatively safe, but his ceiling, like, he's the guy of any wide receiver, of the big wide receiver who's going to go off big time. Like, it's him, and, like, that can win you a week. I mean, we'll get into it later, but Bobby won partially because Tyreek Hill overcame 
a pretty big roster mistake. And I got to get into it. Tyreeko had a big week and that really helped his team. And, yeah. and I just, that's something that's got a lot of value. Yeah. And to quickly comment on that, uh, I'm sorry you lost Steve, um, but I'm also glad uh, that it happened uh, because of the, the roster snafu. So uh, yep. Derek. Yeah, and one of my leagues, I'm in an auction league where I decided I wanted a very elite wide receiver, and um, I was actually giving consideration to Hill, and um, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but someone in this podcast said, no, I think Jefferson's the guy. So uh, I'm joking. At the end of the day, I'm responsible for the decisions I make. So I, I did give it a thought, and uh, I, but I think, I mean, the talent discrepancy, even though – Tyreek has been amazing. I, I think Jefferson is fully capable of having the kind of runs that Hill is having now, and, and the same as Chase. I feel like those three, there's there's not going to be – Chase is off to a slower start, but uh, any of these guys is capable capable of going on those kind of runs where they're putting up incredible numbers. So um, still need, I guess, a little bit of a larger sample size to, to make that final declaration. And I think uh, it'd be fair, there's some recency bias here. I mean, we are coming off that 70 to 20 game. So, I mean, all, all shine, all sun was on the uh, Miami Dolphins. And also, I think I stick my, my decision, Derek, but I am sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, speaking of, of big numbers that, that they just dropped 70, which is unheard of. Uh, Alex, are we looking at like a new greatest show on turf here? Are we looking at another Rams offense? I don't, uh, you know what? They did it without Waddle. I was impressed. So yeah, I think so. But also, that's a very good Broncos. point. Yeah. So like, yeah. it's like a meh. I don't is know. Sean, I, this is just a curiosity thing. I'm not a big Sean Payton person. Did he come out and blame somebody else for this one too? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Right. I was just curious. Hey, Lucas, let me ask you a question here. Like, jokes aside, like, uh, our combined athletic careers were not all that spectacular, but I think you had the best of the four of us. Like, so you played soccer at a fairly high level. Like, when you think of the worst ass whooping you ever took, like, did it damage the team? Did you rally from it? Was it just into Cincinnati and we all moved on with our lives? Um, boy, when you mention that, the first game that comes to mind, um, we played, I think, Kalamazoo Central. And I think we lost like eight or nine to nothing. Um, and it was in the rain and it was down south in Kalamazoo and we hadn't been playing or practicing quite well. So the coach basically said for every goal that was scored on us in the next game, we were going to run like 20 wind sprints or something like that. And the only reason I remember this game is, um, so I played defense and I started taking it personally. And I was the only one, like, putting forth any effort. Like, at about goal four or five, the rest of the team just quit and gave up. And I was just flying around the field, um, slide tackling, blocking things everywhere, yelling at the team. They'd score again, and they'd be like, uh, whatever. And I'm like, that's that's now 100 wind sprints. That's 120. You want to do – right? Like, I was just getting in their faces, and the only one, one who cared. Um, coach followed through, and – I, we all about threw up and died after the next practice. And, um, I'm kind of glad he did. It, it did kind of set a little bit of a, a spark under us afterwards. Uh, it was not fun to go through at the time. It was a bit of a pride thing, but, um, 
it certainly didn't ruin our season. Okay. I wait. Was that the? Did you? Was that the game? Like afterwards, the coach had you all basically sit down and air your grievances with with each other, and then you kind of went on your roll. Um. So this was. Oh God! Almost thirty years ago. Uh, yeah. I have absolutely no clue. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so question seven, uh, I'm going to pass it back to you, Steve. You got a surprise for us. So we're going to, we're going to play a little game here real quick, both in our draft and in the fantasy universe as a whole, there were a couple of tiers of wide receiver. Oh, sorry guys. Um, real quick. I'm going to ask anybody to cover a screen and not be tempted to look because I'm going to ask you a quiz question here, short version. So you don't see where I'm going with this. Between wide receivers and tight ends, ultimately there was kind of 14, and then, like, the bottom comes out. So I'm going to go through this quick, but at least slow enough for you guys to track. Like, the the, the big 14 were, in no particular order, uh, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Diggs, Olave, Cup, Chase, Garrett Wilson, Devonta Smith, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Jalen Waddle, Travis Kelsey, the Sun God, and T. Higgins. You know, it's kind of viewed like that was it just it was anybody's guess after that. Now I'm bringing it to the present day. Of these 14, only five of them are currently in the top 10 of wide receivers in the NFL. So it's it's early, I get it, but just for fun. Who are the other five receivers that are in the top ten in points scored in our league? And you guys can work on this as a collective. Three strikes and you're out. Okay, so I need a, a little clarification because I'm trying to follow the rules here. Those were the four, top 14 last year in our fantasy league or in the NFL? The top 14 drafted in our fantasy draft this year. Oh, drafted this year, and only five are? In the top ten. In the top ten right now. Yep. In our league. And I'm asking you, who are the five that are in the top ten that are not in this group? Oh, who are the other five? Okay. Of wide receiver and tight end. Well, Hawkinson's got to be up there. Great one. Uh, Metcalf? Oh, sorry, there were 15, and Metcalf is number 15, and no. I won't call that strike two, but he is not in the top but well, we're supposed to talk about that. So what about that Rams receiver? Puka? Puka. Puka. Great guess. Yep. Yeah, he's definitely top ten. You guys got it. <laughs> so I got one you guys didn't. You're carrying us. Go go for it, Alex. You're uh, obviously the smart yeah. one. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I knew that one. Um, <laughs> what are the other teams in the NFL? <laughs> well, let's go through each one. There's the Colts, Jaguars. Uh, Debo. Yes. Uh, what about Pittman Jr.? No. Hey, hey, oh, he's, he's to talking to us. Sorry, sorry, you're right. You didn't lock it in. That's on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through each team in my mind and and through their roster. I don't think the Patriots have a top ten receiver. It's not going to be anyone on the Bears. No. Is everybody on the Dolphins in that list? Uh, he said Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. Okay, but don't they have like some third dude that already? Have? I mean, they got like seven hundred yards last week. Uh, uh, you know, he's not top ten. Did you say Jalen Waddle in the fourteen? 
I did. Okay. Uh, I don't think there's any Steelers. No. Browns? No. Trying to think of the high-scoring offenses so far. It's not a Lions player, I don't think. Could it be? Sam Report is doing a good job, but I don't know if they're going to count that. No, he's not top. Uh, who's on the Cardinals? Marquise Brown? No. No. Steve is hard. I don't think Lockett is a top ten because he just had one Absolutely good week. Not. He had one good week. He's doing the classic Lockett. And if uh, Hawkinson's not on the list, I don't think there's any other tight end. Well, well Hawkinson's the number two tight end under, uh, what's his face? Yeah, he said he said Kelsey. I mean, Hunter Henry's no, been doing Kelsey, well too, but I, I don't want to say that. The Lions tight end. We're not tight end. No, not in our league. Probably He's, not in our league. Uh, like, uh, Evans. Ah, that uh, is DJ Hawkinson is the number one wider, the number one tight end in uh, fantasy football right now, but he's not in the top ten. And right, Mike that's Evans, what I said. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Mike Evans is correct. You guys, yep. there are only two left, and you only have one strike on you. I don't think. Oh, no, he said Olave. Um, oh, San Francisco, I said Debo. Would Ayuk? Ayuk was out last week and maybe week uh, two as well, so probably not. Kittle is a no. I'm taking a lot of time on this. <laughs> Boy, Calvin really fell off after week one. I was just looking at that. Oh, uh, Derek's cheating. Hey, you can't. Unless he's just. Are you not cheating, right, Derek? No, no. I was just. I was thinking through things in my head. Oh, okay. You was looking down and saying things like, "I'm looking through this and see <laughs> that." I trust he's on the up and up. That Charger receiver. Oh, Mike Williams or Keenan Allen. Yeah, which everyone's not in the top 15. Did you say either one of those two in the 14? I don't think you did. Keenan Allen or Mike Williams? Okay. Um, I'd probably, yeah, I'd go with one of them. Alex, you're the smart one. Pick one. Mike Williams. Strike two. Keenan Allen. Allen. Are you guys locking that in? Yes. All right. Full count. You got the, you got. Keenan Allen, so there's one you haven't gotten. You've got one strike left. Yeah, I'm, kick, I'm kicking butt this game. There's no one on the Bengals. You said A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Um, Who's on the Cowboys. C.D. Lamb a top ten receiver? C.D. Lamb is, in the top, is not a top 20 receiver. Yeah, he was on bum because he wasn't getting thrown to the other week. But he was also in this list of 15. Thank you. I don't know, man. It's all on you, Lucas. Make the call, dude. Nobody in the Giants. Nobody in the Redskins. Did we already pass on uh, Amari Cooper? Yeah, no, not not yet. Yeah, you had mentioned that earlier. Um, yeah, let's just do that and be done. Cooper. Amari Cooper. Top 20, but not top 10. Uh uh, it would have been really hard to get the last one. Uh, Tank Dell. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Never would have gotten that. 
Best performance. That took a little while longer, so I'm not going to do this for the top 20. I will say, though, the surprises in the top. Here are the guys in the top 20 real quick. Adam Thielen, Tutu Atwell, Mike Williams, Michael Pittman, Nico Collins, Amari Cooper, and George Pickens. Pickens surprises me. Pickens. It tells me he'll be spectacular if he ever gets a decent quarterback. (laughs) You could say that for probably half the teams in the league, but yeah. All right. Are you excited? It's time. Priority pickups. All right. Who you got this week, Steve? I don't think there's anybody that's worth burning the number one or two or three waiver wire pick on. What about you guys? You in a different place with that? I mean, I might have a couple of secret picks, but uh, Derek Lucas, what are you guys thinking? I don't know. (laughs) Hey, didn't you burn your number one priority last week on on TJ Ford? Yeah, you say burn, but he did pretty good. Yeah, that is true. He did not start well because I remember watching that and being like, oh, you didn't do good on that. But he ended well, so I, that was a good pickup. Take a look here. Oh, man. Maybe Tank Bell. Yeah. The main ones are Devon A. Chain after the fantastic game, Tank Dell, Joshua Palmer would fill into the Mike Williams role. Um, and then I might – I looked at the defenses. The only one that seemed appealing to me would be the – Browns defense getting the Ravens at home, but I typically avoid divisional matchups. Now that does pose an interesting question. Why would you ever waste a waiver priority on a defense? Or has that changed this year because of our scoring changes? Like I would have never considered wasting when I need a team defense, I wait until I wake up at seven in the morning after waivers have been processed, and I pick it up then, so I don't, so I don't waste a waiver priority. No, I think there are. If the right lineman or linebacker got waived by somebody for bye weeks or something, I'd really think about it. You're right with this new format; like, it's a game changer. Yeah, it's been a little bit surprising to me. I, I never would have considered putting in a waiver claim on a, in any sort of defender or defense before, but. Man, you pick the right right guy and they can score you 20 points. You pick the right team, they can score you 40. I'm going to say C.J. Stroud's a good pickup, but that's me. I like it. They're running the ball. You know, there's a lot of people that could even use a good backup quarterback. I don't necessarily know if you should use, like, your first thing on him unless you're desperate, but I don't know. I think he's good. So maybe to uh, guide the conversation a little bit more, is anybody interested in Devon Chain? That feels like the rookie running back. Those are always the wild cards. I definitely would be. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I did not play the waivers very well this week because I picked up Algiers, so I'm dead last. So it's all kind of a moot point for me, but I would totally uh, go for him if, he, if I had him. But uh, that's a long shot. I, I say if you have a six through ten waiver priority, it's definitely worth a waiver pickup or, or a claim. Um, I'm at six. I would do it, but I'm already at four running backs, and I'm not quite ready to give up on one of them yet. It could come back to bite me, but I don't know. 
we'll see. I I think there's it's it's a fifty fifty. Either he continues to do well, he's not going to put up those numbers every week, obviously. But you got Jeff Wilson Jr. coming back at some point soon, um, and he's not the number one, so it's one of those unknown rookie things. Is he going to take over the job? soon um or has he had his moment in the spotlight and somebody's going to waste a waiver priority and he's never going to do that good again yeah that's a perfect way to put it i think if you're the back of the back of the pack it's a good one to roll the dice on i don't think he's worth this isn't a slam dunk for the front of the line so uh speaking of top running backs if we can all tentatively agree that Christian McCaffrey is the number one running back in in football. Um I'm not talking fantasy, but but just in football in general right now. Who would you who'd you pick number two, Alex? Ooh, you're asking bi- little old non biased Alex. Mm, Jameer Gibbs, pretty good. Yeah. I knew that was coming. That's great. <laughs> Ah oh, man, it's hard because I don't know. Not Zeke. <laughs> that's uh, that's the third name in the list. <laughs> uh, that's the that's my answer. Should we right go now, through running like, back and let, let me let me simmer? All right, sorry, Not cut Zeke. you off guard there. <laughs> yeah, Derico, what about you? Um, I think there you can make a case for a few guys, but I'm going to say uh, Tony Pollard right now because um, he is getting the volume. Um, I think that maybe the big question with him was like, is he going to get the, you know, the the huge amount of carries that like a McCaffrey would get? And I don't think he's too far off in terms of the volume. And uh, I think we've seen pretty good production, but I think it's just going to keep getting better. So I don't know if statistically speaking that would I have the best case for it, but I think where things are headed, I, I like I like Pollard a lot. Steve? Oh, I don't know. I by Bijan. And like it just feels like only because I think that his workload is going to increase, but I don't feel like there's a clear cut number two. This is just why the, this is what the mess of picking a running back was preseason. What it feels like it is carried on into in the regular season. You think of somebody, Alex? Um, <laughs> man, I only saw the Bijan when he played the Lions and he looked terrible, but that's probably because it was. Well, it was against that Lions defensive front line. I mean, everybody's yeah. going to look terrible. Yeah, exactly. Just the best. Except Geno oh. Smith. Geno Smith. Yep. But he didn't. He didn't run on us. He just. He just threw the ball. Yeah, he did. Oh, Kenneth Walker is really fun to watch. I just like watching him. I'm gonna say him. He's fun. That's a great pick because that's exactly who I was gonna say. Really? Yeah, because then I'd have uh, number one and two in my dynasty league. So. Yeah, there you go. It works well for me. All right. You call him Kenneth Sprinter. He's so fast. Oh, there you go. Mic drop. Oh, I don't have a mic. <laughs> um, 
Finally, uh, for the second straight week in our fantasy league, uh, the second highest scoring team in the league lost, this time with 191 points. And we had the third game in two weeks that was decided by less than a point. So, Alex, which way would you rather lose? And uh, let me tell be, you what. Let would it be grounds for quitting fantasy football? Let me tell you what, Lucas, I'd rather lose how I lost last week. You want to know what? I got to go into that locker room. I got to tell all my boys, you know what? Sometimes you try your best and you still don't win. You know? There wasn't a bit of me that wasn't bummed with any of my guys except my kicker. Not to be negative, but uh, he may be being released from my team. We don't know. We'll see. Brandon McNamanis. But, you know, the rest of them, you know, they looked at each other in the eyes and, you know, uh, they knew that uh, they'd help each other out, so. Felt good. Felt good scoring 190 points. Derek, you you also scored 190 points in a in another league and lost. Uh, how would you like to lose? Yeah, Alex and I had some great battles uh, this week. We were almost like the two highest scores in the the two different league, two different leagues that we're in together. Um, but uh, I think the biggest heartbreaker is when you you know, which you know all too well, look, is when you when you lose it at the at the very bitter end. So uh I can I can take something positive away from my team scoring hundred and ninety points, but uh you know to lose a Taiwan is uh it's brutal. Steve there just is not a worse moment in fantasy football for me than what you would have experienced, I'm guessing, Monday night. I don't know if you had it memorized exactly where they had to throw the ball mm-hmm. to him to win, but I guess feed him, but I guess would have to be the end zone. But to like be in that moment, like, and I've been on both ends of that where like the big play happens and you're doing mental math in your head at the end of the game before the stat sheet updates on was it enough or wasn't it not enough. And Lucas, you actually did this to me a few years ago. Flip end, Andrew looked through a pass that wasn't quite far enough and then the game ended in it. It's just the worst. It's just terrible. So I'd rather lose a shootout with the number one team than just have to sit there in that moment, which is the worst. Yeah. Uh, so my week one loss was due to the rule changes with the defensive scoring. Um, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna harp on that one anymore because these last two weeks could have not been as close if it wasn't for defensive scoring. I don't know. I didn't look. Um, so that, that one's a wash. That one was a loss. Yeah, week two, uh, I lost because, um, and I'm always going to say TJ Ford on purpose now, uh, got tackled at the literal one-inch line. If he would have scored that touchdown, it would not have been a tackle, and I would have won. And then I lost Monday night because Puka caught the ball on the three-yard line wide open and, like, slipped on the turf and stumbled and fell down and did not reach for the end zone, did not try to get back up before the guy barely touched him, and he was just down, um, and then lost by a half a point on that one. So give it give it one more yard in that one. Like, he didn't even have to score. You give it one more yard, and and that would have been it. So I'm praying for a stat correction yet again this week, um, but uh, the gods have been uh, pretty nasty so far. Uh, Steve, quick follow-up question. How does it feel to have the eighth highest total points scored in the league but steal two wins already in the season? 
Um, well, correct. I didn't steal the first one. That was the one I deserved. I lost when I sucked last week. So, look, fantasy football, I don't I'm just trying to be more zen about life, man. But, man, fantasy football, it does make no sense at a rational point of why people play this game. I mean, so much is out of your control. Yeah. And, and and I'll finish with this. This league, more than any other league I play, I don't know what it is. It's not our scoring system, I don't believe. But just whatever it is, just the weirdest stuff happens in this league year after year. So keeps it interesting. All right, we are into it. The Power Jenkins, Mr. Steven, take us away. <laughs> All right, guys, so we, uh, we're going to change it up just a little bit this week to, uh, well, we'll see what's going to happen here. So let's just start out by reviewing last week. So just a reminder, last week, Bobbert, one, Junior, two, Cameron, I can hear him screaming here. Three. I was four with my eighth most points scored. Matt was five. Lucas, you were at six. Derek, seven. Artie, eight. Carly, nine. Lucas, your misses, ten. So, with all of that being said, gentlemen, who's ten? Um, before we get into that, I would like to get a clarification. You said I was six. I have marked down as seven for myself. So can we go through the six through ten again? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, ten, Kelly, nine, Carly, eight, Alex, seven, Derek, you six. Oh, all right. I got that mixed up. That's awesome. I did better. Yay. Oh, I don't think you did. I think what happened is I updated the rankings after that mini period yeah. where you had won against Bobby. Oh, yeah, that's the, that's the thing that I failed to mention. There was a stat correction last week, and it gave me the win. And then the next day I looked, and they took it away again. So, ESPN, you suck. And uh, I, this is another plug for us to switching uh, apps next year. Please, please, God, please. Done with ESPN. <laughs> So real quick, Lucas, as you document this, as I know you do, and I appreciate your end, what you had is correct. Excellent. Well, number 10 is still Kelly. Agreed. Kelly. Yeah, I'm going to say Kelly. Well, you've all lost. Yay! <laughs> the pressure is Curly. now off. Carly. <laughs> Carly. I'm going to say Derek because he beat me, actually. Ooh, that's a good one. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Um, yes, guys. Um, was nine. Drops to ten in the Jenkins, um, out of the for whatever reason. Uh, Carly would actually be the first team out of the playoffs if the playoffs were to start after week three. So she's actually number seven in our in our league. So Having said that, I'm sorry. This is the world's worst transition, so bear with me. All right, so, Derek, let me start with you. Uh, her quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, is currently 17th in the league, only three touchdowns through three games. He was drafted to be a top-10 quarterback with some upside to join the elite tier this year. So, after three weeks, do you think it's just been a speed bump, speed bump on the road to the top 10, or is this maybe it's time to start thinking that he's in the – the good, not great tier with some other guys like Dak Prescott and Matt Stafford. Um, 
<clears throat> I've given this one a lot of thought, and my answer is I don't know. Uh, <laughs> nobody has been more perplexing to me than Lawrence. Like, I feel like it's one of those kind of how you were describing the ups and downs with the Lions. That, that That's maybe a harsh comparison for, for any Lawrence fans. But uh, like last year, at one point, I just thought this guy is, is actually going to be a bust. And then he turned it around, looked really good. And now he's kind of looking like that guy that I saw at the beginning of the season last year. So, but because we're not seeing a consistent body of work from him, I'm going to, I'm going to downgrade him and say he's in that other class of quarterbacks that you mentioned there. It's been a little surprising for me too. Um, and I think if you're Carly, um, you, you hang on and hope. You know, you, you drafted him to be that top 10. He still has a chance to be that. Um, and so you just got to roll the dice. So let me follow up on that real quick, Ben. Her backup quarterback is Stafford. Is it still, at this point, Lawrence's locking in play, or is there some matchup dependency that would drive your decision-making? Oh, yeah, it's definitely not a lock-in. Um, I, I, I meant, like, you don't give up and, and drop him for somebody oh. else sort of thing. Okay. So, um yeah. You know, Stafford's been the opposite. He's been the pleasant surprise. Um, if you would have given me the stats after three weeks for both quarterbacks, I would have probably reversed it and said, oh, that looks like Trevor Lawrence's stats, but it's actually Stafford's. So um, ride the hot hand at this point. All right. Nine, long gentlemen. Live. Oh, sorry, live. go ahead. I was going to say long live Puka. <laughs> Uh, um, Kelly will be nine. Yeah, Kelly. Kelly. <laughs> All right. Uh, does get her first win and move up a spot. Kelly is eighth in the seating right now and ninth in the Jenkins up a spot. Derek, I'm going to stay with you for this question. For all the struggles of her team, there is a plush, uh, a plethora of running backs. So are we officially in Travis Etienne's starting season? And if we are, who is going to the pine? First round picks like keeper Josh Jacobs or Derek Henry, who can't average three yards a carry. <laughs> I say uh, yes. Put in, put it, put him in, and take out Jacobs because, um, like Henry is just at the end of the day, he's he's just too talented to for him to not, you know, turn it around. But uh, I feel like Jacobs is now showing us that last season was the anomaly that he uh, is not going to be consistently be an elite running back. So I say I give that a green light to make the move. How many more games like this does Henry have to have for us to start to wonder if the bill has come due on his career? I was going to mention that earlier. You, you've said that I think the past couple of seasons, like you're just, you're very concerned. His style of running and the fact that running backs have a short shelf life, you, you, you're just waiting for that day. Um, I think this might be the beginnings of the first season where I might agree with you. Um, I hadn't seen it in previous, but I'd be just a little bit worried at this point. And I, I need Henry to do very well in one of my leagues, so I have to continue to go to bat for him and, and believe that uh, several more games before we actually see a, a serious decline. I mean, heck of a career. I mean, that that man has been legend. So hopefully, hopefully, you're, hopefully Derek is right and we've got some gas left in the tank. 
All right, eight. Lucas. Uh, yeah, Lucas. That would be very, very mean, but makes sense in a weird Jenkins way, so yes. Uh, drops from seven to eight and unfortunately is tenth in the seedings of our league, so drops a spot from seven to eight. Alex, I'm not going to ask you a fantasy football Skill question, even though that is your strength and you bring us a lot every each and every week. So thank you for that. But I need you to dig in. We we adore Lucas. Uh, I've been up and down this road with this guy for over 30 years at this point. I need I need your speech. I need you to convince him that it's okay and the sun will in fact come out tomorrow on this team. Let me tell you, Lucas. Have you ever seen the movie Annie? (laughs) It's a little redheaded stepkid movie with a bald dude in it. You seen it? So essentially the life story of me and Steve if I had red hair? <laughs> yeah. So you seen it? Oh, I'm living it, baby. Let me tell you, there was a really common phrase in that movie that not a lot of people know about. It was something like, tomorrow's still going to be tomorrow. You know? And that's going to be in the same case with you. You know, you just got to keep going. Wait, no, because tomorrow's always a day away. And, uh... Today you sucked, you know? That's okay. That's okay. But yeah, tomorrow... But wait, this is a bad analogy. <laughs> no, it's great. Keep it going, please. So, so tomorrow, which is never going to come, is the defeat you would experience if you quit. So... Yeah, I was... You, just, you got I heart was, and spirit. I was just going to say... It's a really horrible saying because tomorrow's only a day away every single time, so you'll never get there. Yes, yeah. yeah that, well, well. So if that's know, my go get them, that means I'll never get there. If the destination's bad, though, like in the case of you know, it's bad, you'll never get there. That's just procrastinating, though. I think next week. I'm going to find some way to be ranked 11th after that speech. This is That's just gold. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, Daddy Warbuck was his name, the bald guy. Oh, yeah, that's why I call Steve in the bedroom. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of Matilda. <laughs> well, Lucas, I mean, it's going to be interesting. It's you against me and my eighth most points scored, so I hope somebody's going to get a win. And, and your two wins. Yeah, I, I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> All right, seven. It's not me. I'm so good. Oh no! But see, this is the Jenkins, Alex. Yes, you scored 191 points, but you lost, so you don't go up that far. You you are number seven. I'm gonna say Steve. I'm gonna say Matt. I'm sorry, Lucas. If you guessed, I missed it. Alex. Okay. Uh, was eight, now seven, despite the loss. Alex goes up. And Alex would be in the playoffs if they started today. Really? At one and two? At one and two, you would be the sixth seed. Huh. All right. Alex, let me ask you a question. I mean, you know, I mean, not that that speech hasn't, hasn't 
left us all inspired, but we will go to more of your bread and butter with fantasy football content. Last two games, former Detroit Lion, De- uh, DeAndre Swift has been spectacular, 22 touches. Um, I'm sorry, I lost my thread here, but basically the numbers have been incredible for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a sign that uh, he's about to be unleashed or this Philadelphia three-headed monster just kind of has given him a turn at the front of the line and don't read too much into it. I'm telling you, he's when he was on the Lions, he made a lot of good plays. It's just he was hurt. So if he doesn't get hurt, I think he has the potential to be like a lead back somewhere. He's a very talented individual. Even when he was at Detroit, everyone talked about how much they loved him. I don't really know why he ended up leaving. So I'm actually pretty stoked up with that pick. I wasn't sure it was going to pan out after the first week. But, you know, if anything, like with the way he's doing, he's at least definitely like a backup option during a bye week for sure. And I think that's great to have for a backup running back. Um, but I think he can still do it moving forward. He's a quick little boy. At the end of the year, DeAndre Swift is a top blank running back. Stats wise. Oh, stats wise. Top Swift running back. Mm. Top top fifteen. Lucas and Derek agree or disagree. He has looked pretty good the last two games. I have to say, um, I did not have a high opinion of him in light of what I've heard Lions fans say, but uh, I, I think top 15 is feasible. I'll back Alex on that. Thanks. It's feasible only because of that offensive line. He does not have the talent for it. You know what, Lucas? Tomorrow's uh, another day. <laughs> that it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just you know I'm just gonna say out here you know Alex is gonna speak hard for a minute you know I think with fantasy takes like that you know it's not it's tomorrow's never gonna come you know DeAndre Swift great guy you're a great guy Lucas oh uh-huh. right. you're welcome I'm still quitting no <laughs> all right who do I beat <laughs> that was a joke Lucas you beat me all the time. <laughs> Six. <laughs> I'll say Matt. Oh, I yeah, I'm Matt. Uh, Matt. All right, you all are right. Drops a spot from five to six, and the biggest discrepancy between ESPN and myself, who would have him as the nine seed if the playoffs started now. So on the outside looking in, he is the only one I have two questions for. So I'm going to go to you first, Lucas. Look at the lineup. Uh, Set that lineup for me. Who's starting? Who's on the bench next week? Um, uh, Starting at quarterback for the first po- okay there we go page loaded um well you're not starting Derek Carr uh cuz he's he's got a little more than a splinter in his foot um he got two yeah it is it hurt Vegas, it's probably tetanus it, it hurts a lot uh DJ Moore needs to be benched um, Christian Kirk needs to be benched, and but uh, I do, oh god, 
I mean, Kittle is is the best player on his bench right now that I think you throw in for one of those two. Um, and then you, you just got to hope for the best for, with the rest. That was not a ringing endorsement of Matt's team. Well, he's got Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, which I thought was great drafting. But now that Aaron Rodgers is gone and nobody believes in Zach Wilson except apparently his head coach, <laughs> um, they're all ganging up on the run, and they both suck now. Um, so that stinks. Dylan, I, he hasn't really shown up even with, with Aaron uh Oh my gosh, why can't I think of Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones, thank you. Uh hurt. So it's it's Kittle is the only one on his bench that, that's playable in my mind. So you can't mention both who who goes to the bench, DJ Moore or Christian Kirk? I say Christian Kirk only because there really is nobody else to throw to in Chicago and they're playing Denver this week. So there is a chance that DJ Moore gets two catches for 12 yards and a touchdown. Matt's fifth in waiver order. He might be a guy that should take a look at Tank Dell. I think that would be a smart move. So, Derek, let me come over to you for the other question. I want to ask about Brees Hall, and Lucas kind of uh, touched on it, but I'm going to have you bring it the rest of the way home. So, last two weeks have been pretty bad. Starting quarterback is gone. Um, so that's the reason to be pessimistic on what Bruce Hall can be for the rest of the year. But I think what is a valid flip side of the coin to some degree is I think you can argue that at the time he played two of the top defenses in the NFL with the Cowboys and the, who am I not thinking? Uh, Patriots. Patriots, thank you. So you prognosticate for me. What do you think the rest of the year looks like for Bruce Hall? I, I would still uh, bet on the talent for Bruce Hall. It's, it's a similar answer that I had for Burrow last week. Um, I mean, I think Hall looked great when he was healthy last year. Looked great in week one. I think the the factor of the, those two defenses, as well as I think the uh, worst court, starting quarterback uh, that we've seen in a long time in the NFL. And as a quick side note, Robert Sala's press conferences where he defends Zach Wilson is great entertainment. Is entertaining as any Belichick conference. Um, that's a separate, that's a separate note, but, uh, I would still, with all those factors, I would still, uh, I think, I think Brees is gonna, he's gonna come around and, uh, and can still put up a, you know, a solid season. Are you at the, and I'm gonna follow up on the Robert Sala thing, cause I think we've all talked about this on the side. Are you with Brees Hall at the point where you do need to see it to some degree before you put him in the starting lineup? Or today, going into this week, you're ready to be like, okay, Christian Kirk and DJ Moore aren't good like Lucas said, so I'll plug him in one of those spots. I, I yeah, I don't, I would like put him over DJ Moore because I, uh, that guy has disappointed me one too many times in fantasy football. Uh, so I would, I would think that he's going to turn around pretty quickly. I'd put him in there. Makes sense. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend Robert Sala here for a moment. I want to be told why I'm why I'm wrong. I'm not being sarcastic here. In the the infamous words of Slim Charles from The Wire, one of the greatest shows you guys have probably never watched. Oh, love you the Wire. So what? You you love, love the, wire? the Wire? Oh, fantastic! I love I'm it. Sure okay. I was gonna say you mispronounced louder milk. <laughs> <laughs> nice. One of the lines. He, uh, long story short, this is about. Uh, Baltimore, kind of the police versus the the drug 
dealers, there's a particular scene where the current drug pin is being challenged by an up-and-comer, and the current drug pin is talking to some Charles, one of his enforcers, and he's admitting to him that he has spread a lie to help his side win the war, and now he's regretting it. And some Charles says, sometimes you have to, once the war started, you can't undo it, so you have to go to war on the lie. And the connector here is, if you think Zach Wilson is better than washed up, Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz and whatever else is currently out there. Like what other option do you have than to go to war on the line and say, Zach Wilson's the guy. I'll take it a little bit further and say, um, there's a very good chance that he is with us and does not believe at all in Zach Wilson. But what is that going to do for him? If he says that out loud right now, because there's no other option and the front office is not giving him another option yeah. He's got to make do with what he's got, and so therefore, of course, you're going to go back to bat for that guy because, uh, yeah. So, okay, I've got a counter. I love the line. I love the analogy, and I'm going to throw back another analogy at you. So bear with me for a second. Metaphor. Does the name Baghdad Bob mean anything to you? Do you recall that? Say it again. Uh, Baghdad Bob. No, remind me. <laughs> so Baghdad Bob was the. Uh, Basically, like the Minister of Defense for Iraq back 20 years ago. Oh, yes. When the U.S. invaded Iraq and, and the U.S. forces and the tanks were circling the city, the city was collapsing and Baghdad Bob comes out, gives a press conference where he is claiming victory. Where, and he's saying, we are feeding them hell and death. Everything is going great. It's wonderful. It's, it's uh you know we're winning everything and then you could literally see the tanks were were surrounding him. So to me, Robert Sala is just sitting there saying it's going to be okay. Uh, he, he's making progress. He's you know he he's going through his progressions. His his feet are moving better. His maturity, leadership. But you have the players that are rebelling on the sideline. And like I know you want to give a vote of confidence to your quarterback. You want to get him to believe in himself. But no one is buying it, and I think it's going to cost him his job, and very quickly. So even if you have to have the rhetoric, at some point, somebody behind the scenes needs to be looking at another option. But again, major points for the wire analogy. But I had had to counter it with with a little Baghdad Bob there. No, I really feel between Baghdad Bob, the wire, and the music, we are hitting a stride. Here. I feel good. <laughs> All right, uh, five, no six. Five. Well, anyway, back, back to Zach Wilson. Yes. Sorry, Artie. <laughs> and that's okay. I didn't want. I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, sounded, sounded like you guys were having fun. So let me tell you what. I am not biased at all. Okay, but I think Zach Wilson is on the up and up, and I think we should buy in Zach Wilson. And this is unnecessary note. I may have come into a lot of small Zach Wilson figurines. If you are looking to buy, give me a call. Anyway, that's all I had. Hold on, just real quick. Similar to how I could not tell if you were bluffing on Ladder Milk or not, like uh, Luke and Derek, like you guys got off the call first. So I listened to Alex talking to his missus. Um, and there was some talk about making this an actual thing. So I'm actually not sure if he's kidding once again or if he is actually knee deep in some Zach Wilson uh, bobbleheads. Yeah, who knows? It's just I'm just saying he's on the up and up, and I think that he's a sleeping talent, sleeping dogs, coming out from Valhalla to feed Zach Wilson. 
my retirement plan has just got a boost. All right, five, six, five, five. We're good. Uh, Steve. Steve. Yeah, Steve. Steve. Uh, was four, falls to five, um, and would be the five seed in the playoffs right now. Yes, that is me. So I play Lucas this week, so I will disqualify him from answering this question. So it'll be four. Oh, that's mean. Alex. Fine, you can weigh in. I just don't know how much lock stock we're going to put into your answer. Um, Aaron Jones, by all accounts, should be back. Uh, he is my best running back currently if his hamstring holds. Like, do you roll those dice? Yes. I'm all about rolling dice. Taking risks. I, I just want to see Steve play a player that plays Thursday night. <laughs> Yes, in light of that, I was going to say yes, but uh, I've known you, thanks to you, for over 10 years now, and I think maybe you've had one good Thursday night uh, in your fantasy football career that I, that I recall. Um, so I'm going to say, for, because of that, no, you don't want to put him in. <laughs> Here, here's how it's going to happen. You're going to bench him. He's going to put up 20 points. Right. You're going to be pissed off for three days and beat me by six-tenths of a point. <laughs> At this point, I think the play is to leave a running back in if I do play him and uh, wait for Drake London to show me just a little bit more. But, yeah, it is the wild card of a question. But we don't need to stay. But, no, so, sorry, we joked about Thursday night, though, but real-world fantasy implications, would you be willing to play Aaron Jones, especially if you drafted him to be your running back one at this point? I'd say yes. I'd say it doesn't matter what you do, it's going to work. I say, Stephen, sometimes just close your eyes and let Jesus take the wheel. Four. <laughs> Derek. <laughs> yeah, Derek. It's not a like disappointment in your voice, Steve. <laughs> You know, Alex, you are stout of heart. Is that, you call my heart fat? I am not. I don't think stout is fat. Oh, cool. It probably is, but, all right. Uh, yeah, Derek, man, what's up? <laughs> Sorry, Derek, did you also go with you or did you go with Yeah, I said me. All right. Was six up to four and fairly close. ESPN has you as the five team. So it's your team, Derek, but I'm actually not going to ask you the question I have about your team. Instead, I'm going to go to ah, – this was such a good idea. In theory, bear with me just one second. Not for the love. All right, Lucas. Yeah. Oh, what? Yes. If this is your team, your 10th and waiver order, so there's not a whole lot of consequence to – taking a shot this week unless you want to move up a few spots is there anybody with this team that you would want to put a waiver wire claim in for and who if so who would you drop um well derek mentioned this before and i would agree um a chain a chain achu uh for algier um 
Brian Robinson was always going to be the guy. Uh, it was a bit of a fool's gold, I thought, uh, early on in the season with him. And the last two weeks, it's it's kind of proven that Robinson's scaries have only gone up since week one. Um, he was drafted in the first round for a reason. He's been compared to the best running backs for a reason. Um, I, I don't see a lot of value in Algier moving forward. Um, but other than that... Um, I don't know. I I think I think you try uh for him and that's it. Um and then hope that other people make claims and you start slowly moving up the board. I, I sure wish I would have listened to you last week about Algier because that that was a good call. It did not work out so well for me this week, but it turned out okay. Yeah, I think I think you did all right. <laughs> Well, Derek, you actually are in a pretty similar position as me. Uh, Christian Watson has been cleared, so we love the Jahan Dotson, the talent. We're not loving Jahan Dotson, the results. Like, are you going to be, right now, would you be pressed to lean, put him in your starting lineup if nothing in your lineup changes as far as waiver wire ads? This is actually breaking news to me. I didn't know that he was cleared. So that, uh, yeah, I think it's exciting, but that's a good point. It's the same it's the same dilemma that you're in. I, but I've been pretty disappointed with him averaging, uh, with Dotson averaging like probably three points the last couple of weeks. So I think I would probably roll the dice at this point in time. I, I agree. I just, sorry, I was believing in Sam Howell and then Sunday happened. So I'm just kind of recalibrating there. All right. Do you still believe in Ritter? Three. It was a knock backwards, but I'm going to. I'm still on for. I'm still along for the ride. Diana endorsed Ritter. That's I think why I'm still hanging on. <laughs> gotcha. I, I wasn't ready to take a victory lap anyway. I was just curious where you were with it. He believes in Ritter, but he doesn't believe in the Lions. Okay. Noted. <laughs> Three. Junior. Yes, Junior. Yeah. Uh, correct. Um, wins the game but drops one spot from two to three, and it also would be three in the uh, playoffs if they started now. Uh, he would play you in the first round, Alex. Hmm. All right, so, Senior, let me ask you. Team is currently third in waiver wire order. You've been talking a lot about what you do on the back end of this waiver wire, and it makes a lot of sense, but you're now three. With this team, are you doing anything? Are you hoping to move up a spot because somebody takes a chain? Boy, um, well, first of all, uh, he's going to need to drop Mike Williams, unless for some reason he would like to – use him as his keeper next year, which I probably would not do. Um, also interesting observation. Uh, he must really like the Houston punter because he's keeping two punters on his <laughs> roster <laughs> and that's taking up his IR slot. So that's, that's cool. Um, yeah, he's two and one. I, yet, I, I'm not saying it's wrong. I said it was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he really needs a drop TJ Watt. No, um, 
Cortland Sutton is the one that sticks out to me on the the starting lineup as like what in the world, but I mean he's actually doing fairly well, which surprises me. So I think he um I don't know, his wide receivers are still pretty good too. I think he goes for a running back. Um even when Kamara is back, I I don't think I don't think he's gonna produce. Um so therefore he has no running back depth. So I think he I think he needs to to try for a chain. Drop Mike Williams, pick up a chain. Sorry, Derek. I understand. Can I jump in with something for Junior when when you're done with your final analysis, Steve? Uh, does Junior listen to the podcast? You know, uh, he just listened to all three and said he loves it the other day. Okay, because if he's Aww. listening, I just want to I just want to let him know that I hope he continues to listen, but. Uh, I'm not interested in his trade. He he's offered me a deal, the same deal twice, which I rejected <laughs> quickly. And then uh, after the players played, uh, or whoever was available to play, uh, the offer came through again. I don't know if perhaps it was a mistake, um, but uh, if he thinks that I might be enticed by the deal now, it, it, it's still a firm no for me. Just I, I, on that. I think he's testing the intelligence of the league. He's not testing the intelligence. He's just, he's just testing the waters. You know, he likes to send trades out there. I actually made a trade with him in one of my other leagues, and uh, did not go well for him. He traded uh, Tua to me for Cooper Cup because I didn't have a quarterback. So, oh, win! Yeah, that's going great for me. I bet. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we get to the top two, you, Derek, talking about trades with Lucas um, with Junior. I have a dynasty trade offer, and I really I want your genuine opinions on this, Lucas. It's in our it's in our dynasty league together. Um, so really, kind of dial in for me for just a second, if you can. So this is a dynasty league where I am specifically wanting to tank this year because I think because right now I potentially have the number two and three picks in the rookie draft, and I think if I can fill those spots, I am off to the races for a while. I really like the rest of this team. That being said, that's where I'm at as a team in dynasty, and this is the trade offer I received. I would have to send away the Sun God, Jerome Ford, and a third rounder in this year's rookie draft. Coming my way, David Montgomery, Puka, and a first round pick in this year's draft, which it would be currently fourth. So I would potentially have picks two, three, and four. But if I give away this, I'm probably going to be – that team might get a little bit better. So do you have strong feelings about this trade? Uh, could I ask who the other team is since I know this league? Swift and Sure. Oh, don't do it because he's going for the win this year. <laughs> and so am I. No, I I'm think- sorry, it's, sorry. Hold on. I apologize. It's not him. It's his draft pick. But, no, it is uh, – a. Hold on, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, Dub Bears, the team that is currently, I have their number two pick in the draft. Dubstep Bears? Yep. Who picks up everybody on the waiver wire every week and hoping he'll hit gold and never does? Yep. Um, Boy, Puka and a first rounder? For the Sun God. Yes. I mean, even if Puka doesn't live up to St. Brown, they're relatively close in age. 
and you gain a first rounder that could be a top five pick. Yeah. I'm really leaning yes, but it's hard to want to give up ASR, but you got to give to get. But you don't like the Lions, so it's okay. <laughs> I have never, I have never said anything bad about the Sun God, though. I mean, I don't trust the Lions, and I love Calvin. True. All right. So, uh, Lucas, sounds like you're a lean into the yes. But I caught him at a bad time. Derek, Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I think I'll just second Lucas on this. I, I mean, I don't know. I know you just you broke it down, but I don't know all the nuances of Dynasty. It, it is a I've yet to take a, a foray into Dynasty, um, but it does sound like some uh, uh, like a pretty enticing offer. I think I so yeah, I'd go for it. All right, unload all your old dudes, and get all the young ones. You know, plan for the future. Do a rebuild. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta cut the cord. Especially with this draft class coming in. All right. Two. Well, I mean, still respect your elders, but, you know. I do. It's not with the jobs on your team. Hmm. But, I mean, Alex, it is giving away ASR, though. Well, he's young. I didn't say I know him. Well, man. I don't know, man. Take, let him take the wheel, man. Two yeses and a, and a let Jesus. Close your eyes and hit the phone. <laughs> Close my eyes and hit accept or decline. Perfect. All yeah. right. And, All right. And We're running a little bit. Decide. We're running a little bit long. Who's two? Say Bob. I'm going to say Bob too. Alex, is it, is it the sweep or are you going to, uh, go another direction? No, I'm going to stick with that. Guys, I'm impressed. Uh, was one, gets the win, but falls a spot to two. Bobbert. There you go, Bobby. I can hear Cam now. <laughs> so, anyway, working the king side of the system. All right. Derek, rest of season, rank his starting running backs. For anyone who doesn't have that right in front of them, that is James Cook, Saquon Barkley, and Jameer Gibbs. And rank them like one, two, and three, or rank them like give them a grade as a group? Oh, no, just rank them one, two, three. I think uh, Cook's got to be number one. And I still like the upside for Gibbs. Just... Uh, it's just the unknowns of Barkley, so he's kind of hard to factor in. But I'll I'll just put well, yeah, it was a high ankle sprain, right? So yeah, uh, Cook, Gibbs, Barkley. Yeah, under the radar, James Cook has had himself a nice little year, start to the year. All right, so. Who's number one? I'm gonna guess Cam. I don't. I don't know, but he, whoever it is, they've got some dynamite areolas. <laughs> I am looking forward to the, the this text message tomorrow morning on the treadmill. That should be fun. Yeah, we won't go through the song and dance. Uh, was three nice win moves up to number one. 
Uh, obviously a fantastic roster, Lucas. I think that I'm going to come with you for the one question I do have about the team. That is about Lions wide receiver, uh, Josh Reynolds, who I think we all agree as a Lion. I am skewed as a Lions fan, so you tell me. His last three games, Josh Reynolds, 80 yards, 66 yards, and zero yards. Is Josh Reynolds' season over or, nope, just a bad game? He's still a guy who can be a starter, fringe backup. Am I answering this as me or as Steve? As you. Well, then, no, his season's not over because that's ridiculous. Uh, no, look, <laughs> I'm going to preface this with the fact that the dude's got the number one running back in our league on his bench, and that's where he belongs. <laughs> um, he's got the luxury of grabbing and stashing players, and that is a perfect example of a player that you grab and stash. Uh, it does not matter that he got zero points last week. Um, that is one that could pay dividends later on, and he is able to um, hold on to him on his bench because he has an embarrassment of riches in his starting lineup. So this is worth more than taking a shot on Tank Dell or some other guys who actually aren't too bad um, that might be on the waiver wire. Ah, uh, that would be up to him. I would I would call that a wash. Um, who does he believe in more? Uh, Reynolds or, or Tank Dell? Because Tank's gonna do the same thing Josh is doing too, and he's in the same position, I think. That would be a good person to take a waiver on and sit and stash and see what happens. Um, so, that's up to him. Okay. Hey, can I, can I guess what Cam's text will read? Please do. It's about fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> It just always makes my heart so entertained when Derek swears because that is just not much of an experience I've gotten in ten years. Um, yeah, the kids at home are still listening, but uh, I think that's spot on. Would you disagree? <laughs> oh no, that that is exactly one hundred percent correct. Alex, hey, what Cam, about you? Oh, sorry, Cam, go ahead, Cam. If you say anything else, we will be severely disappointed in you. <laughs> Alex, any thoughts on the new king? Congratulations. You know, you're kind of bummed last year, but good job. And you know what? It's the magic of J-Dot, my man. All right. Well, we will we'll, we'll bring it on home here, guys. We're going to get into our predictions for the week. So we will start with the Jankup of the week, and that is three junior versus four Derek. Alex, who do you have? Sorry, not De- not Derek, the other one. <laughs> Junior? Yeah. I understand. <laughs> Derek. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll take me, though. <laughs> Lucas. Well, if you follow the pattern, he scored 112 points, then 201 points, so he's coming back down. So as much as it pains me because Junior sucks beating me by a half a point, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Junior. I'm, the wheels are falling off this thing. This beginner's luck thing is going to – and I know he's talented, Alex, I believe that, but this team that he currently has constructed is not worthy of being number two or number three overall, so I'm going to take Derek. Next, we have one new new number one, Cameron versus nine, Kelly. Derek, who are you taking? Uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, one more time on the matchup? One, Cam, nine, Kelly. Oh, yeah, Cam. Lucas. 
Uh, Kelly will take that one win, shine it up, cuddle it, because that's all it's ever going to be, and Cam will win easily. As Freud once said, sometimes a pencil, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. So we are going to take Cam as well. Alex, are you the contrarian? You know, just like Annie used to say, I think Kelly's got this. Okay. Alex, I, I do want to know, like, when I had asked for the that, that speech for Lucas, which was just seriously, I think I'm still wiping a tear from my eye. If I hadn't set you up with an Annie reference, where were you going with that thing? You know, I don't know. Let me tell you, my brain just goes different directions, my guy, and I just kind of follow it. You ever see that Pocahontas movie? No! The animated one where she follows the wind? Called Pocahontas? Yes. Yeah, that one. (laughs) It's kind of of what it does, you know? I just kind of follow that wind and go where it leads me, you know? Love it. Thanks, man. (laughs) Lucas, two, Bobbert versus six, Matt. Um, Bob. Bob. I'm going to take Bobby as well. And Alex, is it a clean sweep? No. Okay, match. <laughs> All right, next would <laughs> be five me versus eight Lucas. They're just... There is no way Karma is going to send Lucas to 0-4. He may score 300 points this week, and it will not be pretty. So I'm taking Lucas. Alex. So it's, it's Lucas versus who? Me? Me. Lucas versus who? Me. I'm going to pick Steve. Thank you. Derek. Uh, because you might have a guy in the Thursday night game, I'm taking Lucas. Brilliant strategy. Alex, did you, you were going to say something? No, I'm good. Okay, sorry. Uh, Lucas. I'm going to take a look at that nice, shiny, polished one on the shelf that Kelly put up there and, and covet it because I will, I will never see it. Uh, I'm going with you. Am I blowing you out of the water? Your third heartbreaking loss or somewhere in the middle? Um, are you playing Aaron Jones? Uh, I would play him if right now, yes. Okay, then I lose by 10. Okay. All right, last one. Seven, Artie, you are playing 10. Carly, lead us off. You know, it's nothing to do with Carly. I just think, you know, my boys are ready to go. We're going to get a new kicker, and we'll see how it goes. All right, I'm going to take that as a vote for Alex. Derek. Uh, Alex's team was dominant before Devontae Adams took over, so I believe in his team. I'm taking Alex. Lucas. Um, I'm going to test the waters here and see if Carly listens to the podcast, and if she does, uh, she will make the smart move and put in Matthew Stafford at quarterback, and when she does, she will win. All right. Alex is my vote. Okay. In my last tweak is I'm not going to force everyone to give a recommendation for the week, but does anybody have a recommendation for the week besides watching Loudermilk for those of you, Lucas, who haven't? What? I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. It's, it was pointless dribble. Any recommendations for the week from anyone? I've been playing Cyberpunk again. It's fun. Did they fix everything there? Yeah, kind of. And they came out with a new expansion. That game actually came out about three years ago now, so it's pretty... uh Still a little iffy sometimes, but still really good. 
I'm going to have to second uh, Alex's recommendation uh, in an earlier podcast of Baldur's Gate 3. Um, just an absolute gem of, of a game, uh, especially if you enjoy the, the D&D RPG sort of flavor. Mm-hmm. Recommend that as many times as you can, my guy. That game's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been I've been busy uh, watching a new show, Louder Milk, so I don't have anything else on the uh, on the agenda. Yes. <laughs> All right. I, I have gotten the spear up to four people. I've got to watch this show. I will I will bring this thing back. All right. So thank you guys. But until next week, as always, just say goodnight, Gracie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>